0: Welcome to In the Velvet Room with Joker the Fool. This is our very first episode, and today we'll be discussing jealousy in the comic book industry, how corporate America is collapsing under its own weight, and what's going on in Maui. So let's get right into it with comics. I'm definitely a nerd, but that was primarily video games and anime until 2022 when I fell in love with comic books, right? So I found out about Eric July and I also found out about the Ripperverse. and I got very uh, tant- well, tantalized with the idea of what he was doing and anticipation for it before I even knew um, what Isom was. I got um, heavily into comic books. I, I read um, all of Invincible, read a whole bunch of books on um, from Indiegogo, got really into uh, Cyberfrog as well and now that uh, the Ripperverse is here, and Isom is out. I love um, those two books as well. I'm looking forward to all the other books, but uh, I am definitely not one alone in that, and two, there are definitely people who are against the Ripperverse, right? So we talk about culture a lot on Hump Day Potpourri, which I co-host, and we say how important the culture is, and not only are we um doc and i as freedom-minded people hyper aware of that so we talk about that all the time uh all four tearing leftists are extremely aware of it and they see how successful isom is how influential it could be and so they need to ruthlessly tear that down one and two you've got people who are jealous of multi-million dollar success in the comic book industry which hasn't happened for um independence for a good long while right and there are two types of jealousy Two types of jealousy. One, where you try to ruthlessly t- bring someone down to your level uh, when you see someone doing better than you. And then two, it's where you try to um, aspire to be like them when you perceive them, to when, when you're jealous of them. Of that person, their success, where you want to try and attain that success by building yourself up. So it's either you build yourself up or you ruthlessly tear the other people down. I'd say too many people um, who are detractors are focused on that first type. And I would say primarily so is Vito. He's a YouTuber. He's got his own comic book, Superkiller, which to me looks pretty interesting. I've uh, followed it. I knew about it. It made $70,000 or so um, after having launched. And I say, you know, good job to him. I hope it's a, a good book that people like, but I don't intend on reading it. And it's because Vito's conducted himself in a way that's one, unprofessional, and two, he's absolutely a grifter in the sense that he's not a free speech advocate um, consistently, right? So he's going to praise um, the censorship of someone like Alex Jones, because he says things he doesn't like about the vaccine, Alex Jones, right? And then he'll defend the free speech rights of some idiots who parody uh, the reverse logo or they they share um, pirated scans of the book because he just cares so much about free speech when it's people who agree with him. And then, you know, we have to censor, we have to do the band hammer if they say anything critical about uh, that vaccine that we were all uh, supposed to get uh two uh, faithful years ago right so this is basically my main point here with jealousy is that it can be a very toxic thing if you let it consume you and so many people have uh in relation to the ripiverse and they are just addicted to hating the ripiverse hating eric july and they do not want to see this be successful because of what well, I, I would say, one of the fact that it's just um, fun to hate people when you don't have anything driving you forward in life or enough driving you forward in life. And two, like I said before, culture is extremely important. The Ripperverse is going to be a huge, huge, cultural force in the coming years for sure if it keeps going on this path and they see that and they want to stop that so it's we got to ruthlessly tear this down now and they're going to pull out all the stops but it's not going to work because We've all got our heads screwed on straight, um, Eric July, and the people who support the the Ripperverse, and we're going to say, you know, we're going to keep doing what we're uh, going to do. We're going to make this a great comic book universe, uh, you know, in terms of the creators who are going to create it, the fandom who's going to make sure this is a fandom that actually people can stay involved and be um around to support and in terms of you know supporting it um financially right and also just the community the culture um that's going to uh, surround the reverse is is going to be full of um you know the dumbasses who want to check boxes the people who just want to be entertained by a good comic book right so that's the uh, the main point i'm going to make here is that there is jealousy in the comic book industry There are people who are going to tear you down if you work with the wrong people or you do success and you're not going through the channels of Marvel and DC and Diamond or who's ever distributing the comic books to the um, LCSs these days. But it doesn't matter because you'll have people who welcome you with open arms if you... Don't act out of hatred and you just make a good product and you try to provide it to as many people as possible. And that's what the Ripperverse has done to extreme success. Isom 1 made $3.7 million. Isom 2 has made over two point two as of the time of this recording. And there is plenty of room for people to do... Um, things like that, things similar to that. Plenty of um, comic skate campaigns have made five, six-figure sums, and I do feel like it's going to be a growing industry, and it's not necessarily going to mean everyone's going to be making as much as Eric is, as much as uh, all Cax comics is, but you'll have people who'll be able to make a living for themselves if they can just get uh, a thousand people to read a uh, comic, their comics consistently. And honestly, I think that's enough for a lot of people. It'll definitely be enough um, for me if I'm fortunate enough to get into uh, making comics. And I think uh, that's the future of the industry. It's just going to be a lot of smaller creators with series that cater to niches. And I think it's going to be a fantastic thing to see. Uh, But that's just my opinion, though. I'm definitely a more independent-minded person. I don't have this history with Marvel and DC that a lot of comic book guys do. So it's sad to see that uh, experience go. But I I think it's going to um, be a phoenix that rises from the ashes, so to speak. Um, But we'll end it there because I don't have anything else to say about uh, comics right now. We'll move on to Corporate America. Right. One of the uh, things corporate America has ruined is comics. So, of course, Marvel, DC, their mega corporates that own them are not making money off of comics and they're not making money off of a lot of other entertainment properties. So the Marvel Comics divisions in the toilet and so is Marvel Studios. Right. You see all these projects that nobody watching from Uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, which launched a new phase that no one's excited for. Marvel Secret Invasion that has basically no watch time uh, meaningfully. And the uh, biggest big film that's um, coming up next, the Marvels, doesn't have a lot of hype around it. You've got the uh, actor strike and you've got all these other movies such as flop and flop and flop, where it seems like it's an exception um, for a movie to be doing well, to be making money. Uh, if it's uh, published by the uh, bigger studios, right? You know, Disney especially has had this huge string of flops, Elemental, Onward, um, you know, too many to name, right? At, at this point, which is just really, really sad uh, because Disney used to be this powerhouse creatively. And this is very consistently uh, so with uh, so much of entertainment You've got the uh, streaming bubble, there's too many streaming services, they're too expensive, they don't offer enough features, so all of that is collapsing in on itself in terms of the fact that they can't make enough money, they can't consistently grow because they become these massive behemoths and the uh, products and services that they're offering aren't worth the squeeze for enough people and certainly not to the degree um, to keep growing and growing and growing and, and show that growth that investors love and say is successful and keep the you know the air of this being a successful business right so that's the main thing right there i keep saying that's the main thing but that is the main thing with corporate America is that is collapsing in on itself. And it's very evidently so in entertainment, because people can check out uh, with entertainment, there's so many alternatives for it. It's less so for, you know, stuff like Costco and Walmart, and even Target, which had its uh, boycott, because people go there for clothing, for groceries, things that you need, right. But even then, as the parallel economy sort of um, blossoms and becomes more of a thing for more people, uh, more people are going to be willing to check out um, from the mainstream, the legacy uh, institutions and corporations for just about anything because they've gone all in on DEI, on being woke, on updating for modern audiences. And the average person just doesn't care. And, and they just want the best product at the cheapest price that they can afford. And when the parallel economy can provide that to a critical mass of people, you're going to see that be the main economy. Uh, so to speak, and it's going to apply for more and more things as more and more people on the parallel economy side of things become empowered by more support. So I've talked about a critical mass of people, you know, one way or the other, and as the parallel economy um, burdens and blossoms, we're going to be more able to push that onto our side, our side being more freedom-minded people. Right. So that, that's the main thing I want, want you to take away from here is that in terms of the amount of growth that they need, they can't get that anymore. Corporate America, because they've grown to these big behemoths, they've completely killed um, any brand loyalty and, um, you know, love that they have because they're more focused on being, Uh, equitable and inclusive and non-offending than uh, just making a good product and providing at the cheapest price. And then as the parallel economy grows and becomes more of a substantial um, economic force, more and more people are going to turn over to that. And once, you know, as that increases, scales of economy come up, you can provide the service to more people, whatever that is, and it's just going to snowball and the parallel economy is going to overtake this you know, mainstream these mainstream legacy institutions, and it'll be a good day to see uh, when that inevitably happens, if that happens, right? So that is the uh, the big takeaway there. It's a very simple thing, right? Uh, and it's it summed up in that sentence how corporate America is collapsing under its own weight. It's gotten so big; these uh, operations, you know, it's definitely like you know the Disney parks, millions and millions of dollars of uh, that you have to spend, and the amount of um, you know the operating um, operating uh, income that you need to spend to keep these uh, you know parks these big corporate behemoths afloat requires large amounts of revenue, like high amounts of revenue, and you want consistent growth to keep the investors happy, and that's just not going to be there. Uh, and so these uh, you know these institutions are just going to go away. I'd say pretty slowly. Um, but, you know, I I could be wrong on that, who knows, but it's definitely going to happen where the decline is going to happen, and it's going to collapse under its own weight, and once you get to that point where the collapse is inevitable, it'll be a a pretty quick process, and it'll be be sad to see, um, but, you know, in the eyes of a lot of people like myself, these institutions are already dead, and we're just waiting for the coffin to close, essentially, and uh, with that, I guess somber note we're going to move on to the last topic of this podcast and it's what's going on in Maui because I think this is evident of the cultural decline in this country the lack of cohesion and the fact that we are very solidly in bad times unfortunately um, uh, everything is expensive, we've had a lot of death and destruction to deal with, with the uh, pandemic and the, the lockdowns that came from that. I wouldn't say, well, you know, it's debatable with the uh, the virus itself, but of course there was a lot of death, there was a lot of sadness um, around, the, you know, the three years, you know, 2020 to 2022, I, I would say that affected a lot of people very deeply. We had these mental health crises and job losses and suicides and the sickness from people getting COVID themselves. So there's a lot of lost human potential um, and and we're still feeling um, that and we're still recovering from that and we will be over the next decade. And uh, we're adding fuel to the fire, uh, excuse uh, my pun, with these Maui wildfires. We're uh, at this point over a hundred people dead nearly a thousand people missing a lot of those are children and it seems like if this wasn't intentional then the authorities involved did everything to make this um as deadly and as worse as possible for rose being shut down sirens not being fired off and all these sorts of things and we have completely destroyed Um, This sense of community in this country, uh, this country being the U.S. And so people don't look to their neighbors, their their local uh, communities for support. It's FEMA and the state and the governor, and these people do not care about you. Um, They just want to enrich themselves. They want more power for themselves, and they'll use any crisis to make themselves look good, um, to enrich their um, social standing and social status. So it's not really about doing right by the people in Maui, doing right by anyone in Hawaii or Hawaii or any natural disaster. It's, um, can we make this look good on uh, the news? Can we use this to, you know, shame or deride somebody, uh, right? When had the hurricanes in Puerto Rico is more important to drag Trump over how he handled it than to actually try and, you know, care and help people. Uh, that, that's the game that uh, people play. That's the game that they're always going to play. It's about... Um, making themselves look good and their enemies look bad. It's not about doing right by uh, the citizens or, or the people of humanity. And that, that's how politicians are always going to function. So they're, they're not in it for you. They're in it for them. And very, very evidently so when you see um, just how, how bad they can get, right? So that is the big thing there is that the way Maui is being handled um by biden by uh, fema i'm sure by the uh the police stations and everything is is indicative to me that it's cultural decline local community breakdown and very evident of the bifurcation of this country in the sense that we're divided we have no sense of cohesion we can't be brought together over practically anything at this point so it's just a uh, country in decline and no matter what, things are going to get worse before they get better, if they get better. And the way things um, get better is um, not with the union staying intact. We're going to have to decentralize. We're going to have to accept that this country of 300 million people can't be ruled by one federal government um, because it's just not going to create a... Uh, Society that's in, uh, indicative of progress because we'll be bickering with um, who gets to be in those 535 seats, um, those nine Supreme Court seats and the presidency instead of... Um, how we can build our communities and how we can move forward as a society. And it's very unfortunate. And, of course, you know, I I don't think I said this before, but my heart goes out to everyone who lost their lives, who lost their homes in Maui, uh, and, you know, any natural disaster. Uh, But I I would say that goes without saying whenever, you know, these things are um, sort of get said. So the the thoughts and prayers meme is definitely um, a thing because, you know, your words, your, your good wishes can only do so much when, you know, your home's burned down, you don't have anything. Um, everyone you know and love is basically uh, burnt to a crisp. Uh, and it's a very, very sad, unfortunate thing. But like I said, the state isn't going to save you. You're, um, you know, whether that's your state government, your federal government, FEMA isn't going to help you. They can't even figure out how to build a, a levy properly, uh, right? So it's just um the reason why we need to have a society that builds up the individual and the communities around them instead of enriching uh, these politicians um, in the uh, in the big ivory towers this is why um, Richmond rich men north of uh, Richmond resonates with so many people because people feel that um, politicians you know the, the state you know these uh, big um You know federal um operators in you know washington north of richmond right richmond north of richmond have ruined this country they've torn the fabric of this country apart there's no cultural cohesion right and it's a very intentional thing done by uh the federal government in my mind and people feel that people want to go back to a more um tight-knit um community-focused america and the federal government is antithetical to that These um, Ivy League champagne socialists are antithetical to that because a culture like that, like how this country was founded, um, where it was uh, rural communities that relied on um, themselves and it was just that spread out and you had this loose, um, you know, basically protection pact. Um, in terms of the federal, federal government, you know, with um, the Articles of Confederation and then, you know, the beginning federal government with the original Ten Amendments, uh, that's not conducive to power and control over people. It's uh, conducive to a strong, uh, healthy individual in small, tight-knit communities, which is not how you um, basically enslave people. And that's what, uh, that's what they want to do. These, uh, like I said, you know, these um, people in Washington, the people who have control of the federal government, because the state is always going to look to empower itself. And that means you need to have as much control over the individual as possible. So that is why you have to question everything. You have to focus on radically self-improving yourself, um, regardless of how hard it is and regardless of uh, if you feel like it or not, because you're not going to feel like doing Um, the right thing every day but you got to because there are people who are vehemently against you having anything in this lifetime and that is quite unfortunate but fortunately so there are plenty of people who want to make progress who want to have a brighter better future for tomorrow and you can be part of that uh it's it's definitely the culture and there are cultural institutions that don't hate you that do not want you to be eating bugs and living in a pod and if enough of us support that uh then we can have a better tomorrow so that is uh the ending for the first episode of in the velvet room with joker the fool a bit all over the place but i hope you guys enjoyed it and we'll go to the outro Thank you for being in the Velvet Room with Joker the Fool. Be sure to follow the links below to keep up with the podcasts and all projects from Velvet Room Publishing.